Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. Salutations, one and all, to this marvelous episode of the Get Geek Podcast. I will be the madman directing for today. I'm AJ. This is Jose, and that was my dog running like a maniac in the background. <laughs> Eli. And this is Walt, hopped up on Super Soldier Serum. How very topical, um, because today we're going to be talking about Marvel's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Indeed, indeed. But first, let's do our quick little disclaimers. As always, you guys know we are recording remotely. I am here, and Walt and AJ and Eli are elsewhere, recording remotely, safely. Um, so please, if there are any sound issues or artifacts, please let us know. Feedback is always welcome. You can always let us know at Get Geek Podcast on Instagram. You can reach out to us there. And of course, the best way to support your favorite podcast crew is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to your favorite podcast. You can find us where all your favorite podcasts are sold. And again, that's the best way to support your favorite crew. This particular month, we've actually, uh, our, our host, uh, Captivate, has partnered with Podchaser on their second Reviews for Good, hashtag Reviews for Good campaign. So for every review that you guys write for us in April, Podchaser donates 25 cents to Meals on Wheels America's Go Further Fund. Okay, so any replies to reviews, any replies that we have, will double the donation. So if you guys write a review and we reply to it, we're going to be raising a lot more money for a great cause. Um, you know, They'll be matching all donations on Captivate hosted podcasts like ours up to $1,000. So it's a really great cause. The Go Further Fund is helping to deliver healthy meals, social contact, and support from seniors impacted by the pandemic. This is a great opportunity for all of us to do our part, to help out those in need. So please, if you if you were ever thinking of like liking, rating, sharing, and subscribing to the Get Geek podcast, now is the best time because you can actually do some good at the same time by liking, rating, sharing, and subscribing. All right. So thank you very much for all of that. Moving right along, AJ, why don't you guide us through it, please, sir? Yes. So it just came to mind that we, before we even talk about Marvel and the Winter, Marvel and the Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there is a little trailer that does bear mentioning. Came out a couple of days ago. It's for another Marvel type Marvel title called Loki. Is there is there some issue with you saying Marvel since you're the DC guy? You're like Liver. I think I needed that coffee a little more than I thought I did. I am hopped up on caffeine, so I will help you guys out to remember the English language words and things like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the the trailer was awesome. What did what did everyone think about that? What did you guys think about it? I thought that for a time organization because that uh trailer mentions an organization known as the Timekeepers. I found it personally very interesting and funny that because Loki is in turn there for screwing up the timeline, they they make him cover 
every single thing he has ever said in his life. And he has to like, I need you to sign off on this. Sign off on that. <laughs> like, Are you kidding me? You know what, though? Like, how could that possibly be yeah. everything he's ever said? I've probably said more than that in my life, and I haven't been alive for thousands of years. That has to be like a portion of the document, perhaps. Maybe that was like the final... Like everything he said since he's been in the MCU or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Or since he messed with time. <laughs> or that. That's possible too. Yeah. I mean, since he messed with time in the what is it, the TVA, the Time Variance Authority is is uh yep. who Mobius M. Mobius, played by one Owen Wilson, is is uh is, yeah. I'm actually interested in it from that perspective because I haven't seen Owen Wilson in anything really interesting or good right. in a long time. And I like Owen Wilson. Uh, I think the last time I saw him in something where he was good and fun and comedic was like Zoolander, maybe. So I I remember I remember he did a was it Marley and Me? Yeah. Oh, I heard that was pretty good. I heard that was pretty. Yeah. That was actually like that a was, nice that movie. Was pretty good also. But he hasn't done a lot since. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eli, what do you think of the trailer? I personally like the fact that they're getting more into like the time traveling sort of yes. thing Tiny for timey wimey. Because I think it's now that they they introduce that sort of element to the movies, I think it's good to expand more on that, and that could bring yes. more people, such yeah. as which I think it's already confirmed, right? Wait, what's his name? Kong. King. Kong the oh, called King, it Kong, Kong the Conqueror. King. Kong, yeah. Kong, Kong, Kong of the monsters. Kong of all monsters. Exactly. <laughs> they did confirm him, right? Yes. I think we do have an actor attached. Yeah, to yeah. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Jonathan Peters from from yes, um, from uh, th- that from a few uh, Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Yeah. Lovecraft. Lovecraft Country. He was also in the Five yes. Bloods uh, recently. He's already confirmed to be an Ant Man uh, three as Kang the Conqueror. That much we know. There you go. So that's confirmed, which I just know a couple so, of us are excited okay. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's good that they actually take the time to explore this too because, and I know Eli's going to hate me for this, I thought the way Endgame treated their time rules was very convoluted. So maybe this will clear some of that up. Well, okay, but we know that Kang gets mad when stuff like that happens. Because he's yeah, the only one that, that's allowed that's to control. I have my my questions on the show because mm-hmm. they're introducing the TVA. Where the heck were they during Endgame? I hope they do answer yeah. that question because that's yeah. a big question. You know, if if they're if they're all of a sudden coming out of the shadows, um, why not come out during probably one of the most important things to happen within? the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Well, maybe they did, and we just didn't know it. I agree. And again, I hope that they they do explore it, because if they don't, I think it's kind of a fail on Marvel's part, because you have to explain that. That's that's just my thought, you know? I'm sure they will. I I think the trailer has already hinted that they're going to give us an idea why that's the case, because if you watch carefully... They're walking through some scenes like Loki and Mobius and Mobius and the other TVA agents, and nobody knows they're there. They're, people are definitely not noticing that they're there. They're walking like basically like through people. Nobody's noticing that these armed guards are in these in the middle of these situations. So I'm thinking that the TVA, I mean, also they're always there, right? Because they z- exist outside of time. It doesn't matter whether they're there or not. They are there, uh, or they could get there. But I think that, yeah, like a lot of it is going to be revealed. Just like Endgame, when we saw, you know, the 
all of the, the the wizards from Doctor Strange fighting in the Endgame battle, I think we're going to see a, a little bit of a reveal like that as well. And I think it's already kind of been hinted at. That works. Mm-hmm. Cool beans. So that kind of sounds like the end of that discussion. So now we can open up to... Mar- I was about to say Marvel and the Winter Soldier again. Marvel. Why? <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're going to have a malfunction because we're not... Sam and Bucky. <laughs> We're not talking about DC, so you're going to have a malfunction for real, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, character we're going to bring up first is actually one. Let's, let's look at the villain or quote unquote mm. the villain first. Which one? Which is Carly Morgenthau. Okay. We got a little more of a, a fleshed out, uh, you, you got to see more of her story in these past two episodes. Mm-hmm. The last episode, especially harrowing, because we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on her, first of all? This is what I want to know. Yeah, I, I guess I can go first. Yeah, go ahead. Um, we're, we're up to episode four as, as of this recording and stuff. So like AJ did say... She's kind of being fleshed out a little bit more here. And in typical Marvel fashion, one of the things that I love about Marvel is that, especially lately, because originally Marvel did have a quote-unquote Marvel villain problem, right? But um, it seems like, especially lately, they've heard the fans and, you know, they've really fleshed out a lot of their their villains and making them interesting in very different ways because they're not your typical twirling the mustache villain you know they do have real reasons and you know in their minds their reasons are valid that they believe they're actually trying to do good in their perspective and carly is another character that follows the same lines um maybe more so than some of these other villains because you know she's trying to repatriate sort of all the people that were left, um, what's the word that I'm saying? The blip disenfranchised um, because yeah. of because of the blip. I hate saying or the, the word. The return. <laughs> it's just, wait, awesome. the blip was. <laughs> it was the blip. Is the blip of the was the return? Right. I always forget which one is which. They call it the yeah. blip. Yeah. They they continue to the call it decimation. The blip. Why I have no idea. And the blip. Decim- I, both of them, I'm not too cool. With, both of those suck. Know, but the blip. But the blip really sounds very flippant you know i would prefer the unsnap um, and that still yeah. sounds kind of dumb snap. or the snapping right <laughs> snapping um but you know she she's trying to kind of help these people that really have become almost refugees in their own countries mm-hmm. and in their own world because the world moved on from them in the past 5 years since the blip occurred and they're having a very difficult time trying to get them back into society. Yeah. You know, five years is a long time. And so she doesn't agree with the methods and the methodology that's being used right now. And she's using it. Of course, she's going to the extreme to do it. But, you know, she's a very fascinating character in that respect. Um, what do you guys think? Um I'd say I'd have to agree with how they're changing it up a lot. I can see that. But um, I don't know. I I just don't like this villain because she seems almost like childish a little bit. Well, she is a child. She 
is she a is, child. She's young. She's young. She's supposed to be Very young. young. Mm-hmm. She's supposed to be like mm-hmm. no older than like maybe her her twenties. Maybe maybe her early thirties, but probably not. Probably not even that. I don't know. I just seem she needs to be a little bit more fleshed out. And I think um the whole idea of flag smashers, I don't really like that either. That is kind of weird, you know, because it, it almost it almost makes it a terrorist organization yeah. just by the name alone. The you know, it, it seems like an odd um, naming convention for what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's basically it for me. I just don't like uh, the whole villainy thing of this show. Well, I mean, in a sense, I can see where they're coming from with the flag smashers because, you know, um, well, one of their goals is, you know, we want a world without borders. Right. So, mm-hmm. what is, what, what's one of those things that represents borders? Oh, well, a flag. National flag. National uh, flags. Flag yeah. of a country. Mm-hmm. Country has borders. You know, there's that. I mean, it's not perfect. You're right. Um, but I mean, what, what other names would there be to work with? You could I mean, go the, world without borders. <laughs> and that then would, they sound like a charity. Yeah, that that would sound too too positive. They needed to sound right. kind of negative, I think, in order to make the characters work. Um, for me personally, I kind of understand the plot. I get where Marvel's going to like create a, another relatable villain. I just mm-hmm. don't really, I don't know if it's the actress. I don't want to say that she's a bad actress because that's definitely not the case, but I'm not relating with her as much as I would want to, because I think Eli's kind of right. I think they needed to portray her as somebody a little more thoughtful. And she's just like somebody who's a little too immature and reactionary. So it's hard to, to identify with somebody who's just like kind of doing the stupidest thing that she possibly can in most moments. There's too yeah, many. There's too many moments where um, the other characters around her are her conscience, and I think that she needs to be her yeah. own conscience a little bit more. Because they had that great scene, I think, with Sam, where they had a conversation where he tried to talk yeah. her down. But I think that I, I'm not a huge fan of her character thus far. Uh, Eli, were you going to say something? Oh well, yeah, and I'm going to pass it on to Walt. Okay. Um, I I just want to add on on how I think she's childish. It seems like a lot of the actions, like the things that she that she does is very like sort of immature yeah because like she for instance when it came to i think that rich people in like that mansion or something where she, they like, blew it up yeah it was mm-hmm. like seriously it was and i get that it's like i guess you could say it's the power going to her head but i i still yeah. just don't like that whole idea of stuff like that we already have and another character for that i think yeah, yeah. But I, I think that's kind of the point of Carly is that, you know, she's this idealist, but an immature idealist that doesn't really understand the world and the world actions. And and her thing is, you know, the only way that we're going to get people to listen is by is through violence and, you know, you know, shock and awe and things like that. And it, it's immaturity, no doubt. And I think that's kind of the point of the character that, you know. That's the reason why that that conversation with Sam was really, really impactful because here's Sam and he's kind of like the old KG veteran who's been through the wars, literally. And, you know, you have Carly there who's kind of like a newbie at this and you can see how 
her almost her view was kind of changing because of the the eloquent points that Sam was making to her. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of the point of Carly is that you have this girl who wants to write the world, but doesn't have the maturity yet to know how to do it. We still and have. I a- hope that her character kind of you know, progresses in these last two episodes. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. we have a couple left, so I hope that, for me at least, there's a little more meat on the bone here. Mm-hmm. So now let's move on to our next, I will say this guy is a true-born villain, and that yes. is Baron Zemo. I love him. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> I'll just start this one off. I think... <laughs> Like, I thought the buddy comedy was just going to only be coming from Sam and Bucky. But with him as the third wheel, it's actually that much funnier because he's just like. So you have Sam, who's a little bit more loose. You have Bucky, who's reserved. And then you just have Zemo, who's like not only the odd one out, but like. In that dance club, <laughs> he's a party and, and animal. I have to, I have oh to mention gosh. something about the dance club real quick. Yeah, um, and this is this is the the repercussions of WBN released the Snyder cut. Um, there was a movement called "Release the Zemo Cut," <laughs> which Marvel jumped on very very quickly because <laughs> what they did was they released a YouTube video of Baron Zemo dancing in the club. For a complete hour and a half, I believe. I think it's, so, yeah, I think it's an hour, an hour and a half of Daniel. Yeah, it, it's something Just ridiculous. Doing so club. good on you, Marvel, for Thank doing that, bro. This is uh, this is some stuff that I can get behind a fan base campaign that I can easily get behind for sure. Definitely. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so that was a good opener. What do you? How do you guys? How do you guys feel? Do you guys feel okay with how they're treating Zemo so far? Yes, definitely. I, I love that. I loved him in Civil War, and I love him even more in Falcon and the Winter Soldier because he seems like, ah, I don't know how to say it. Uh, let me let me just think about it. Mm-hmm. Hold on. He seems like the type of dude that, like, everybody, like, knows, right? Like, he's got he's connections. the devil you know. He's connected. He's the devil yeah. you know. He, he's got connections, and I love that about him because that makes his character that much more interesting. And he is, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking that he's, he has like some plan that he's going to, he's, he, he's kind of like the Crowley of this universe. Yes, he's the Crowley. He's like, he's that sort of character that, um, supernatural reference, by the way. Yeah. Supernatural. But <laughs> yeah, he, I, I absolutely love his character. Well, um, for me, Daniel Brule's portrayal of Zemo has been completely awesome. I, I he is he is in his limited time in the MCU, he has been one of my favorites because I think the way that he portrays his character and the way that Marvel has fleshed out his character, he's he's one of these characters that has a lot, a lot of layers to him. Yeah. Um, especially in Civil War. Civil War he wasn't your typical villain where he's trying to rule, rule the world. He had a very specific thing. He wanted revenge against the Avengers for what happened to Sokovia. And the way that he he went about it was just brilliant because he knew that he could not take on the Avengers, you know, head on. He was more of like, you know what, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of concoct this 
grand master plan, which shows how brilliant he is, to have the Avengers crumble from within. And it's almost, and Jose, I, you probably remember this, the um, the Thomas Jane Punisher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, where I completely did not like that movie, but it's kind of like what Daniel Brühl is doing here, but to perfection, where Thomas Jane was kind of trying to, his Punisher was trying to get, the bad guys at odds with themselves. And he did it very, very poorly in that movie. But Mm -hmm. um, this being Marvel, they're doing it awesome here. He is, he's, he's Loki light right now. Yeah. Right? To an extent. Because he plays both, yeah, he plays both sides of the fence here. You know? Um, There are times where he's all in with Bucky and Sam. And there are times clearly shown in this last episode where he's basically doing things on his own to further his agenda. That's what's he, interesting, yeah, I think. Right. I, I, I think they're, they're setting him up for a huge role in the MCU, and maybe we can get into that a little bit later, but I'm going to let you guys chime in on the awesomeness that is Zemo. Um, Jose... Give it, give us, give us, yeah, th- give us that knowledge. Yeah, I think, I think it's interesting to to a few points that you made, Walt. That make what makes him a good villain in one way is he's the only villain without either either superpowers or the support of a supervillain that has superpowers in any Marvel movie. Think about it. Right. The only one, the only other one that comes close is Cap or uh, is is um. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Not Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Look, I'm, we're getting confused today on titles. No, <laughs> Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Excuse me. Um, that's the only one because you have Nick Nolte's character or, uh, who who is – or not not Nick Nolte, excuse me, Robert Redford, who is the senator, right? But anyway, getting back to, to Baron Zemo. I was getting to a point, I think, in that third episode where the quips were getting a little too heavy for me, to be honest. But they found a decent balance because I know that – Zemo can be, he's a very intelligent character, so he, like, definitely is sarcastic and all of that in the comics. Um, but they pulled it back, and I think what they're doing is they're keeping a, a, a suitable amount of menace to the character. Um, yes. They showed us for the first time, like, how physically capable he is, even though he's not a supervillain with superpowers, he could still kick some butt. You know, we got to see that, which was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, Daniel Brühl has been doing a great job of portraying him with whatever whatever role they're giving the character, whether it's to be comedic in that moment or to be, you know, whatever else, to be menacing. Um, he's got some great one-liners. Um, and so far, I think the character has been doing a much better job of being like a semi-relatable villain for me mm-hmm. than Carly Morgenthau has. Um but yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed him so far, and I've I've enjoyed seeing him don the mask as well. And he's got a great look. Yeah, that, that's the, yeah. that's the other thing. He's got a great look because he can play smug with the best of them, and at the same time, there's that condescending demeanor that he has as well. Yeah, like which, a good example kind of lends for me mm-hmm. really quick. A good example is um, when they were talking about uh, Marvin Gaye, Trouble Man, and he understood <laughs> yes. it more than Bucky did. And like even Sam was like, I hate this guy, but like, yeah, he understands this album more than you do, bro. Like that yep. was one of those moments because he was still condescending and a jerk about how he was like, it, this, mm-hmm. yes, this is the Afri- African American experience. 
but he was right. So like, yes, even Sam was like, <laughs> okay, bro. Okay, fine. Whatever. But yeah, those are kind of my thoughts on Zemo thus far. I, again, not perfect, but I, I, we've got two episodes left to really make, make this a home run. So I'm, I'm hoping for that. All right. Now let's skirt the boundary between the dark side and the light side with, um, John Walker, right? Yes. With John Walker. Oh my goodness, John Walker. Captain the new Captain America. Quote yeah. unquote. AKA US agent in the comics, right? But not yet in the in yeah. the show. Not yet in the show. Which is the reverse of his backstory, kind of. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's start off with general impressions, especially given because I want to lend a, a point of conversation to Something uh, in a little bit, but let's just start off with general consensus. What do you think of the guy? Uh, let's see. I'll I'll start off with Mister Walker, and then I'll throw to one, to one of you gentlemen to give your thoughts as well. Um, this is to me, he's the best villain of the show so far. With a with Baron Zemo, who's not necessarily the villain, right? Even though he's a villainous character, he's being a, he's the close second for me right now. I think in terms of like who the villain is, um, I think that Wyatt Russell uh, has been doing a really good job of portraying him as. See, okay, so this is this is why I make the comparison with Carly Morgenthau. I think he's they're doing a better job of portraying his as, him as somebody who wants to really, 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 really do the right thing, but at the same time, the thing that holds him back is a little bit of immaturity. I mean, he's he's a veteran and he's been around for a bit and he has some understanding of what he's he wants to do. But it's a little bit of immaturity and certainly a little bit of narcissism, which is what Carly has as well. But I think he he's played it so much better thus far, in my opinion, because. Well, Carly, I don't find many moments where I find her to be likable. There are moments where I actually find John Walker to be likable. I think that intro, I think it was the start of episode two where they showed us a little bit of his backstory and they had, he had his conversation with his girlfriend and with Battlestar um, mm-hmm. about why he wanted to be Captain America and a little bit of what it meant to him. I thought that was a great conversation. And I think, again, like he's, he's really got that, that balance down pat. There are moments where you're like, okay, this guy's really trying to help people. And then there are moments where he does really unhinged stuff like he did in the most recent episode, you know, and that, yeah. that's where you see like the balance so, like, yeah, I mean, Aaron Kellyman is Carl Morgenthau doing a great job. Daniel Brule is has, at Helmut Zemo doing a great job. I think so far, though, Wyatt Russell is is my highlight. And I think also yeah. it, it's because of how he relates to Sam in the story as well and Ken to Captain America. I, so, I definitely yeah. love. Mm-hmm. Oh, Go ahead. Yeah, I definitely love how they fletched his character out. And I especially love like the influence of Battlestar, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Has on has on him and the choices he makes. And it's it's that immaturity because spoiler alert, we see in the last episode with him talking with um Battlestar about taking the serum or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just shows how his influences and how immature he is. And one thing I just really want to point out because I absolutely love the scene is when he's holding the shield, but it's bloodied. Mm-hmm. And I think that just, like, completely describes his character. Um, and, yeah, how he, how he, how nobody can basically hold the shield. He's willing to get his hands dirty. 
Yeah. It's amazing how in one episode the MCU got really, really dark. I think this is probably the darkest that we've seen the MCU get outside of the Netflix shows. And and this this show is is starting to remind me a little bit of the darkness of those those shows as well. Um, John Walker to me is is a a great portrayal by by Wyatt Russell um, in terms of you know how. So I'm, I'm struggling to, to start this because there's a lot of things going on in my head about this. But mm-hmm. it, it's interesting how these conversations kind of relate back to an earlier MCU film, um, which would be The Incredible Hulk. And The Incredible Hulk was really the first time that we've seen in the MCU outside of Steve Rogers, the effect of a super serum on a person. And mm-hmm. this was, and I'm referring to, Emil Blonsky, who is the abomination, the abomination, oh. right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it perfect. It's dead on with the name, and you know what? What it seems to do, and they even reference it in one of these episodes. What the super serum does, it does a couple of things. It not only you know enhances the body, but it really, really enhances the characteristics of an individual, and. You've seen it with Blonsky. Blonsky was one of these soldier types that was really, really focused on doing the mission regardless of, you know, the collateral damage. And we're starting to see a little bit of that with Wyatt Russell's portrayal of John Walker as well. Because he he does seem to be a very virtuous character. You've seen it in, in some of the talks that he's had with Battlestar. But at the same time, I think the pressures of being Captain America is really, really weighing on him. And you know what? I do believe that part of the fame is also getting into into his head as well. He's drinking the Kool-Aid because of these narcissistic things that he's doing. Well, it's like, well, I'm Captain America. He's taking it a little bit too far. And I think now that he has the super serum, and especially now that he's lost his moral compass in Battlestar, spoiler alert, um, I think now you're going to really see that downward spiral of this character because, like Eli said before, Battlestar was kind of the guy that ca- that brought him back to the middle with a lot of these things. Now that Battlestar is no longer there for him, he re- he's literally relying on his his worldview, and now that's even more enhanced now that he's taken the super soldier serum. And I think now you're going to see that real downward spiral of his character. Um, yeah, John or I think Battlestar doing, I, but, seemed to be his moral compass, very much. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. He he's the guy that kind of kept them, you know, focused and say, you know what, maybe you're doing a little bit too much here. Maybe you need to dial it back. Maybe you need to look at it in this in this way. Um, AJ. Yeah. Um, so two things. I really, I, I kind of think they just offed Battlestar way too soon, in my opinion. Like, I get that it was, like you said, it's to send John Walker a bit closer to the edge, but like, damn. <laughs> I know it was, it was kind of out of left field, right? Because yeah. I think we we kind of, given his history, we kind of 
expected a little bit more out of Battlestar, right? Yeah, he was going to stick around a little longer. Superhero, basically, just like like the rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And then the last thing I want to address before we have to move on, the treatment of this guy's actor. What the hell, guys? They're threatening him, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Like We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) Yes, we did. Toxicity is back and it is unwarranted like why people gotta understand like it just gotta chill let them take it where they need to take it so you can fully appreciate it by the end like i think the i think the problem is is that people can't disconnect the the actor from the character yeah and there's that too you know what in this is gonna sound weird but the fact that he's getting death threats lends to the fact of how well he's portraying the character which means they should be praising him he's doing his job (laughs) you know um yeah yeah, exactly you know he's 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 turned a character that could kind of be you know one of these eh, he's a he's a captain america wannabe wannabe, and he's really turned it around into something that's his own you know this Um, is getting really out of hand because even in a lot of media that i enjoy Two things that I love: Last of Us Two, Attack on Titan. There's a whole, there's a whole toxicity around certain characters killing other characters, and it's like you know it's a fictional character, right? You know that the actor yeah. is not responsible for that part of it. One, Especially one quick Attack on Titan, right? Yeah, there was there because was I think Attack on Titan. There was both, a character. Both yeah. sides, both sides of the po- of the political arena wants to kind of claim that show, right? Yeah, it's been it's it's been a. It's been a weird conversation around that show in terms of like whether it's a right leaning or a left leaning show. And I have my own opinions about that. We talked about that on the podcast. That's a whole other thing. The last thing I want to say about John Walker is that I actually do love one of the character moments that I've loved that you've seen a couple of times is he he's almost like a like speaking to to Eli's point about his immaturity. He is like a kid sometimes when he gets beat up by somebody with super soldier serum. He's like he he almost sulks. I really like it. He was like when he got beat and and then he got beat up by the the Dora Milaje and he was like they didn't even have super soldier serum. Like he felt like he got bullied. <laughs> I think that's a cool character moment and I really really enjoy that from Wyatt Russell as John Walker as well. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it lends itself to the fact that he's he's feeling all this pressure to be Captain America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he's failing at it so far. So, you know, it's it's really weighing on his Right. Mind. He has all these talents, but he still can't quite bring it together because you know he could probably fight the Dora Milaje one-on-one if he could get his, outside of his head and get outside of the thought of being Captain America. He could probably take him one-on-one. But yep. Yeah. That's the character for me so far. And so, speaking of people who should be Captain America, let's move on to Sam. Good old Sam. And you know, it's interesting here that um, this is a discussion I know Walt's been wanting to have, so I'll pose this as ancillary to Sam, I guess. Um, Sam went and visited someone who was actually supposed to be another Captain America. Very controversial figure in not only this MCU universe, but in comic book lore in general. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that would be Isaiah Bradley. He was uh, a part of a comic book run back in 2003. Let me see if I can pull up that the name of the comic book. Truth, Red, White, and Black. And so 
that character is portrayed by the wonderful character actor Carl Lumby. Um, and I, I don't I don't know if they've done enough with the character so far, and I don't think that they will because, like me and Jose were talking about before we actually started recording, mm-hmm. here we are two episodes two episodes out of you know completing the series and we we they showed him for like five minutes and they really haven't gone back to the character and it's interesting because it kind of it kind of meshes with sam's you know journey in this show because sam has been really the one that's been portrayed as you know um they've they've given him a lot of leeway in terms of showing how the avengers work you know how they how they work when they're not avenging right they have real jobs they have real financial world concerns um they deal with racism which is a topic that was brought up i believe in the second episode right yeah along with uh isaiah along with isaiah the second episode really really leaned into those themes and after the second episode, I was really excited because I thought, you know, this was a real chance for Marvel to kind of like, you know, bring that to the forefront and, and really deal with it within the MCU. And they haven't really gone back to that. And I'm a little disappointed in that. Well, I think that they will. Like when Falcon gets is going to get his shield, will he? he probably well, will. we don't know. Okay. We don't know. Because both characters have been Captain America in in the in the comics mm. both falcon and the winter soldier so we don't know we assume that falcon will get it because you know bucky is insistent on that but we really don't know and i think i think that um this would be the perfect time to bring him in when he gets the shield right because like he could be like sort of his mentor with this right uh maybe i i would say it's difficult for Isaiah Bradley to be a mentor because his history was, you know, the history of the whole thing is that once Steve Rogers got the the super soldier serum, um, and this is kind of leaning into real world politics and and events, um, within the the comic book universe, they experimented on African-Americans using the super serum super soldier serum Mm -hmm. and he was the only one that really the serum took didn't die basically (laughs) yeah he didn't die you know all the other subjects basically died Mm -hmm. he's the only one that survived and got the effects of it to a certain extent because you know it also enhanced other things but um the interesting thing about that is that he actually stole a suit a Captain America suit, and the U.S. and in the vein of doing government work, but then the government went ahead and imprisoned him afterwards. That's how it was in the comic books. They hinted at that in the show, but they didn't really flesh it out. So it's going to be hard for him to be a mentor because he's got all these anti-government feelings, and Captain America, to a certain extent, is kind of like the poster boy for the U.S. government. When I say mentor, I don't mean, like, mentor-mentor, but I think, like, it would be like he was gaining knowledge from not just uh, Isaiah Bradley, but also Steve Rogers. So, like, he has two... He has ideas of how 
how it can go, right? And stuff like that. Hey, Jose, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, is Steve Rogers still alive in this universe? I think he is. Yes. He's just he is old. He's just very old? Yeah, yeah. he probably came okay. back in, in Endgame and was just like, he, he just wanted to live out the rest of his, his old life in peace or something like that. I don't know. Okay. I think we're going to find out before the end of the show, actually. I think we're going to find out the status of Steve Rogers. I think that's something yeah. that's going to be addressed. Okay. Um, so as far as Sam... And Isaiah Bradley, let's put them together, like AJ suggested, because I think that they are definitely very intimately connected in the storyline here. I don't think that that Isaiah Bradley could be a mentor because, sadly, I think he's already served this story's purpose the way that they've written it. His only purpose was to show the consequence and the ownership that the government has over these heroes or tries to assert over these heroes. We've seen it in civil mm-hmm. war. We've seen it all over these movies about the government trying to control superpower people. And this is just another example. And it's, it's meant to drive point, drive home the point that we actually saw in the first episode. It was when, when they started addressing a little bit of racism with the banking scene where they were denying them the bank loan. That's meant to, at least in my mind, that's meant to deal with the idea of redlining and sort of how African-Americans have been traditionally in the past and even to some extent in the present um, disenfranchised into getting banking loans and getting housing and all this other stuff. I think that was meant to kind of touch upon that. And I really, really liked those character moments. I think for Sam, I knew this was going to be a great show because I think even from the first scene, it was there was a very, very subtle opening for him in the show it's just him ironing a shirt and his, and the shield is there and there's these great character moments because i i've actually loved anthony mackie forever i thought he was a great actor before he was falcon he's been in a lot of great movies that i've loved like half nelson and others <clears throat> um so him for me has been a, a complete knockout i mean he's my favorite character of the show thus far um because not only the fact that I enjoy Anthony Mackie, but I think that he's found the perfect balance. All the other characters are struggling to find a little bit of balance, except maybe John Walker on the other side for me, uh, between being a little comedic and a little serious. I think Bucky hits that mark pretty well too, but we're going to talk about him later, obviously. Um, but he's like, I just love how I, I you mean, you know, this is why they made this show because of the way that, that, Bucky and Sam have quipped at each other in the past. I, I I still fondly remember the scenes about like, you're not going to move your seat up or like, can you move your seat up? Nope. (laughs) And they kind of did that in the show again. Uh, I, I still fondly remember that moment. I think it was in civil war where Steve Rogers kisses Sharon Carter and they both just kind of give that, that like, (laughs) that's my boy smile. Um, But yeah, getting back to Sam, I don't want to hijack this about him and then I'll wrap it up and send it to one of you guys. I've, I've enjoyed the character so far. His action scenes have been the best for me too, because they've really taken the, the Falcon suit and done some awesome creative stuff with it. Even the first episode that chased through the canyons, sick, amazing. Um, so his action scenes have been great. He's been great with his sister in those scenes where they're kind of addressing how, again, he's trying to live a normal life. And it's, it's really hard because of the blip, stupid name. And because of the fact that he's African-American and life sometimes isn't totally normal, let's say for African-Americans in this country, which is again, something the show's hinting at and something that we believe generally over here. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, the comedic relief, everything about Sam has been wonderful so far. I think that's really 
all I can say. I mean, there's just so many good moments for him. So for me, Sam's a total, total, total knockout. And I can't wait to actually see what they're going to do to finish off the character and see if he's going to become Captain America or where they're going to go with him from here. So that's basically my thoughts. I mean, uh, Eli, do you, what do you, what about you? What did you think about him thus far? Uh, well, I, I honestly really liked his character because, as you said, they, they found, like, that perfect balance of um, comedy and seriousness. Yeah. And, yeah, right? And I, I just love that this show takes the time for for it to go to for it to go through like the struggles that heroes have to go through mm-hmm. especially Sam um and honestly I just love that that character and I love his relationship with Bucky and how they're like <laughs> pals like that buddy that buddy relationship mm-hmm. but yeah speaking of Le Bucky let's deep dive into Le Bucky <laughs> Le Bucky Androids wizards and one quick thing that I have to say about Sam, I like how he gives people these like these, these little gesture things that they do. Like with Bucky, it's the stare, and with Zemo, it's the head tilt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back, back to Bucky. Back to Bucky. So confuse you and tilt his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Bucky is a guy that wow. He's had quite the journey Mm -hmm. all the way from Winter Soldier because, well, he is the Winter Soldier to Civil War, where he gets his kind of redemption arc to Endgame, where he's fighting alongside everyone to now, where he's still struggling, it seems. So let's open it up from there with his struggling. Um. It's interesting because, I I mean, I didn't think it would be all completely over once Wakanda, like, rewired his head, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's interesting to see that he's still trying to build himself up because he was originally, when the show started, he was helping this old guy who he killed his son as the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yep. Remembering that correctly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like part of his therapy. Twelve step program yeah. towards like it is kind of like AA becoming a, a normal a person. A yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting seeing how he like takes it in stride. And I like the added layer that um whenever he's talking to Sam, he's like, You shouldn't have given up the shield. Shield was yours to have. What are you doing? He gave you that shield. And the reason why I like it a lot is because of this one comment he made when his therapist actually sat him and Bucky, I'm not him and Bucky, Sam and Bucky down. Oh, that scene. Because (laughs) it, it gets to this point where he finally airs out why he's so insistent about Sam having the shield. Because his whole thing is that Cap was the only one who believed in him and knew him for who he was. So he makes the case that by Sam not taking the shield, well, well, Cap was wrong about you. But then if he's wrong about you, does that mean he's wrong about me? Mm-hmm. And so I like that whole uh, that whole domino drop that goes on there. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, I, I have to agree that I've loved the emotional moments with Bucky in the show so far. Even though Sam has been my favorite character, I think Bucky has had some of my favorite moments in the show, especially in terms of emotional arcs. I think he's so far been the emotional climax of the show because you have that scene where he's with, uh, I think it's Ao from the, what is it, from the Dora Milaje? Uh, Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje, yeah, Ao, Ao played by Florence Kasumba. That scene where where she starts to to say the words that control him that Zemo used, and he like that's actually a scene where I think um, we get to see Sebastian Stan show off his acting chops really really well for the first time in the MCU because he's been in some other really good movies, but he's just kind of had to be like the stoic like lack of emotion type of character for so long. So to see him break down and cry in that scene actually was really, really interesting and emotional. And I, I think, like I said, that's my favorite emotional moment of the show thus far. Uh, you got to go back to Sam and say that their quips with each other are just fantastic. The way that they kind of play off of each other is is great. Um, we definitely did mention already, like the fact that he's kind of playing with his past and he has that guilt over the people that he's killed before. The fact that they make that both intriguing and comedic in that moment where he busts that person that he got uh sort of got a government position and was in Hydra. He like he's like basically like gets her arrested and he's like, have a nice day. Um <laughs> so I think that's been really entertaining thus far. Uh I'm really looking forward to finding more about what's going on with the Dora Milaje though and him. I think that that's been a great angle though thus far. And I think it's a it's well past time that they showed us a little bit more about what he went through as the white wolf, so to speak, in terms of returning to become a more, a more normal person to like find out what life is like. And another great detail uh, I think is that he has the, the little notepad that Steve had and he started writing his own little things in it to kind of like assimilate into modern life the way that Steve did. And it's kind of cool to see that's a little bit of a, a parallel that I think is interesting because you know, he leaves the shield to Sam, but he leaves this other aspect of his life to Bucky, who's his best friend in the world. And Sam, well, Sam is one of his closest friends too. Those are his two best friends, right? But I think that that's yeah. a great detail, the way that they, that he passes something on to both of them. And it definitely relates to the great point that you made, AJ, about him feeling the pressure because of the fact that Sam or excuse me, that Steve might have been wrong about Sam and Bucky, and that really weighs on him. So I think that's a great character moment as well. Yeah. Eli, what are your thoughts on Le Bucky? Yeah. Um, before I get into uh, Bucky, um, I just need to bring this up. People have been walking up to him trying to activate <laughs> <laughs> him. Sebastian Stan? Yeah. yeah. Are they saying the words? They're saying the words. That's awesome. <laughs> I want Mark Hamill to do that to him. I know, right? <laughs> you must be Luke Skywalker. And then he starts saying the words. <laughs> so what but, else? Um, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, I actually really like his character because as you said, I, I really like the way he's changed over time. Mm-hmm. And I, I like how he's become more, more human through, through all the movies and the shows. Right. Yeah. You can definitely see it now because he's going through like the struggles of trying to, I guess you could say, find who he rediscover himself. Rediscover himself, mm-hmm. right? And I think that what you said, AJ, about 
uh, the whole thing with if he was if you he was wrong about Sam, then he would probably be wrong about me. And I know this is gonna sound weird, but I think it would be good if he. I don't know. I'm just I'm just putting out my thoughts because mm-hmm. honestly, I think it would be good to start introducing more of the Winter Soldier side of him. I don't know. I want to get more into that. Uh, you want the Winter Soldier a little, back. A little bit here and there, especially in the club scene. Yeah. Where he, he really tapped into the Winter Soldier side of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he was dealing with those uh, party goers, I guess. I, I don't know who they were. I, I, yeah. I don't remember the scene all that well. Clients of interest. Those were the, I don't know. They remember, they were basically just trying to intimidate those people in Madripoor. And, yeah, and they were trying to basically show that that Zemo was in control of the Winter Soldier and he had that as a tool. Remember, he offered yes, it to yes. that yeah. character. Mm-hmm. That's the quick synopsis but, of that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And But anyway, I, I, I love his connection with uh, Zemo. <laughs> it's like it's like it's not a buddy relationship there. Well, it's just like <laughs> they just hate each other to plain out. Yeah. Well, Zemo, Zemo I, doesn't I, hate I, him, though, actually. Zemo doesn't hate yeah. really hate him. He just he he wants to use him and control him like everybody else, I think. But he hates right. Zemo for yeah. sure. But I, I love I love that relationship right there. But um anyway. Oh, yeah, well. those are those are two characters at the extreme of each other. Um did, did you like um those moments with Adora Milaje though? Because that kind of ties into his winter yeah. soldier past a little bit. Did you Yeah, any... I, I I would love as you said, I would love to see more of like his relationship to the Dora Milaje because I mean it's the Dora Milaje. It's <laughs> they're they're just amazing as it is. So having that relationship, uh exploring that, that would be pretty cool to see the white wolf. The yeah, white wolf. There's only one thing that I'm slightly worried about involving this Dora Milaje thing, because there's already talk about like who the who the secret Marvel character that's gonna show up is there's already rumors out there. They're already debunked that it's going to be uh, Black Panther, which would be awesome. But it, it, you know, I understand obviously. Um, to the shame, can't do that. yeah, that would be that would be a weird way to to send him off. I think. I think it's yeah. his movies and all that yeah. are the best way. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that on on a TV show anyway. I I think uh, Feige has been very specific, and this this kind of leads into you know all those fan theories with WandaVision. He's he's been pretty specific in the fact that you know what there's not going to be any major revelations in the shows that's going to be reserved for the film the films and the movies. Ah, okay, um, okay. You know the the TV shows are kind of there to kind of give the films context and 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 flush it out, flesh out the story a little bit, but you're not going to get major reveals within the shows itself. At least that's that's the plan the way that they've explained it so far. So he's setting up the questions with these shows. Right, exactly. Okay. Um in terms of in terms of Bucky's character, he he has been consistently one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Um he he does a lot of things and, and that's a credit to Sebastian Stan. And I know uh, you know a lot of the people here on this podcast uh, are big huge fans of Sam in this show. Mhm. And while I do admit that he is the star of the show, I have to say that Sebastian Stan and his portrayal of the Winter Soldier is really the heart of the show. I agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. And and he does. And and the amazing thing is, you know, you mentioned 
the moment where you know he was talking with Io, that flashback back in Wakanda, mm -hmm. where he finally realized that he was free from the Winter Soldier's grasp. That you know the the activation and the words and stuff mm -hmm. like that, but not the past. And that was right, I think that was and key. that was a, a a great way of showing him and his emotional range. But I think the beauty of Sebastian Stan is that he does a lot of things without words. And I think that's a great quality that he has, especially in portraying the Winter Soldier. You know, he doesn't have to really verbalize what he's feeling because you see it all in his face and his expression and his mannerisms. And, you know... They're powerful, the things that, that he does with those expressions and those mannerisms and stuff. And I think that's why he is a really, really incredibly fascinating character to watch in this series. Um, I, I'm kind of like with Eli on this. I would love to see a little bit more of Winter Soldier's story, especially in Wakanda. The thing about it, Wakanda, you know, every every his interactions with the Dora Milaje is interesting because they're basically both the same sides of of one coin, yeah. you know. They they're not very emotional creatures, you know. They're they're very yeah. driven in the things that they do. So to watch a series like that, there there is a part of me that says that it may not work just because of the fact that you don't have that sort of conflict between those two groups, right? They would have to introduce something else, which I, I know that they would, right? Mm -hmm. But the Dora Milaje and the Winter Soldier are very much the same character. And so, you know, there's that fear that I have that, you know, if you introduce two of the same character, it may not make out for a, a, a very good show um but again sebastian stan is killing it in this show um and it, it it's just his interactions with everybody else especially zemo and sam are just priceless and i i need to watch more i need to see more <laughs> the the only thing that i would want to see on this show involving the winter soldier unfortunately is him fighting isaiah bradley I would like to see that that fight, actually. Um, yeah, and they've already mentioned that they do not like each other. They've had interactions yes. in the past, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they fought like many, many years ago when he was still the Winter Soldier. They sent Isaiah mm -hmm. Bradley after the Winter Soldier, and he was basically the only one who beat him, but he didn't kill him. Like he took his arm or something like that. He said he destroyed his arm. Um, right. What, if by beat, you mean I took your arm off. Yeah. <laughs> what I would like to see, uh, what I think would work, I don't think it would work to go back and make like a whole show about him being the Winter Soldier, at least not a live action one. I'd watch an animated show about it. I think that that would be a good way to approach it. Because I think we we don't necessarily need his backstory as the Winter Soldier. I think we kind of got that, the, the the high points. So if you just want to show where it's action, him kicking butt as the Winter Soldier, I think animated is the way to go for that. And you could have Sebastian Stan also, be in the role as well, for sure. Yeah, you could also make it a spy thriller also because that's one of the things that made Civil War so so great. Yeah. I, and, as a villain sorry, or as a, as a hero, though? As a Winter, a winter Soldier, as as a, a spy thriller. Okay. Um, I'm on the fence on that. I, I, I kind of, I like Bucky as a hero. Um, He's fascinating as a, as a villain. So I, I'm on the fence on that one. Okay. If you do happen to do Dora Malaje and Winter Soldier, 
you can what you can do is like I guess a little bit like of an introduction because he was an outsider then. So he wasn't exactly welcome. So maybe you could have like some sort of thing where they ha- they're forced to work together. But again, it's it's very unlikely, and I could see why it's not exactly the best idea. But you can make it pop. You can make it work. Yeah, I guess I guess you can kind of mimic the scene in Black Panther when um, T'Challa and Suri went went on that mission at the very beginning. Yeah. I never freeze. You know <laughs> that that whole mission. I, I maybe you know. You have that and the weird ways on how the Wakandans do things a very certain way. And then Bucky does his way, the Bucky way. But anyway, <laughs> we're digressing here. Let's let's move on. And so our last topic of this session is going to be some of the more tertiary characters. First and foremost, who I want to bring to the forefront is Sharon Carter. It is very interesting to me what happened to her. Like, I knew that she was going to catch some flack for stealing the shield. But to see how far it actually went, that was like, huh, okay. Uh, Wow. She really got the short end of the stick, didn't she? Yeah, it's kind of messed up. Like, everybody else seems to have gotten a pardon. Why can't she just go home and get one, too? I'm a little confused about that, to be honest with you. What do you I I have a really far out there theory. What? Oh so into existence. Sharon, for all her troubles, looks like she's done incredibly well for herself. She has rare paintings that should be in museums. She has her own satellite. I don't know. That feels like it's a little bit too successful. Is she the power like broker? Like power broker successful. Mm. So I'm, uh, my spider senses are tingling, and I think if not the right hand of the power broker, she is the power broker. I think you're right. That's an interesting that swerve is, there. Yeah. I think it's I have my thoughts on and it. it would, oh gosh, and it would make sense, a... too, because she would basically sick... Sam and Bucky on Carly, who has the serum that she would theoretically want back. No, she clearly has another uh, angle here too. That's that's clearly yeah, been hinted at. I have my theories. I have my theories on who the the power broker is. I'll, I'll share them later. You know what I would love to see, and I know this is very far far out too. Um, but what about a movie for Sharon Carter, like a spy movie? That could work. Know, maybe. maybe. If she is a if throw Bucky in there, and then you got. Something. I think they have to build yeah. her character up a lot more in this show. Though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They do, and they, they have to pair her with somebody else. I don't think her character yeah. can can headline a a, a film or a show yeah. right. She could now. be the star, yeah. but she needs somebody else to kind of be a, right. a, a somebody to play off of. And you're right; mm-hmm. it could be a Bucky, it could be a Sam, it could be somebody else. But they're it's more like a buddy cop type of thing, even though it probably wouldn't be comedic. Yeah. I think it could it could work in that context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so any more thoughts on Sharon Carter? She kicks butt. So we can move on to the next tertiary <laughs> character? She kicks a lot of butt. She's yeah, she that, that actress has done some really good training. I'm impressed with how, how well she does in the fight scenes, to be honest with you. She's actually one of the better ones on the show. So good for... Good for Sharon Carter in in kicking butt in that role. 
All right, so now let's go sort of a polar opposite direction to a character who's much more on the mundane side. Let's let's take a look at Sam's sister. That is another... She, I, I like how she represents the other part of his life. Um, like, normally you expect uh, a significant other... I guess, but I I, I kind of like how they went the sister route instead, it, and it feels a lot more grounded too. Um, the boat, <laughs> they have, they have, they have a boating uh, they have a boating thing, uh, and I just I, I kind of like the the interplay between uh, her and uh, Sam. Like it's kind of he she's the only one that he can't. Uh, kind of just say, oh, everything's gonna be okay. I'm gonna use my superhero mojo, and like, it'll be all well and good. She's like, dude, what are you talking about? You gotta do a little better than that. But I guess it would make sense because she is his family. What, what do you guys think? I like her character, but I feel like um, there should be a little bit, a, a tad bit more of ex uh, exploring on her character, right? Because um. Yeah, she has that relationship, and I love that relationship between Sam and uh, Sam and her because she's like the stubborn sister that can't can't uh, receive charity, I guess, from from Sam. And I would love to, I would just love to see more of that, and to see more of Sam's uh, background, I guess, and the struggles that he has to go through. Yeah, she represents real world problems yeah. in a in a fictional universe, and and they do. They do a very good job of kind of, you know, bringing that home. Um, I, I don't think she's in the show enough, yeah. you know. I, th I think, but given the fact that it's only six episodes, I get it, you know. But I, I would like to see that aspect of Sam and his his family life and and the struggles that superheroes have when you're not named Tony Stark, <laughs> you know. When you so, don't have a whole bunch of money, basically, and you're not super rich. Who pays the yeah, Avengers, exactly. right? Was Tony Stark paying them? I guess that's the question that we still have to find out. Um, no, he wasn't. <laughs> I guess not, right? He wasn't. I think there's a government contracts. They uh, mentioned that in the in the banking thing. Government yeah, contracts he had got, right? Something like that. That's right, how he made exactly. money. Mm -hmm. So his sister, Sarah. Um, I agree with Eli. I would have liked to I would like to see more. I think we might actually end up seeing more, but I do definitely enjoy how she is his devil's advocate in a sense. They both, they're, they're, she's not his moral compass because they have the same morals. She doesn't need somebody to kind of direct him morally like other characters right. like Bucky might. Um, he's very, very established in she, that. Yeah, what's up? I think she's more, I think she's more of a, a moral character than, Buck, than um, Sam is because Sam is willing to use his fame to kind of get where he needs to be. And she she is very much against that. Yeah, right. So I think she she even plays it a, a little bit more close to the vest than Sam does. I think it's less that though. I think Sam is because of the show, like kind of addressing racism. I think Sam is more in the thought process that like, look, kind of like Isaiah Bradley, kind of like let's say the the Tuskegee Airmen, like all of these real life examples of African Americans who fought for this country and received nothing in return. I think what mm -hmm. Sam is more going for is like, look, I'm not asking for much. I just want a loan for my sister to continue her family business, which is only 
like or like and 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 this bank is around all you around you're only around because of like the work that me and my friends did i'm not asking for you to treat me like a superhero or like some sort of godlike character i just need a freaking bank loan and i think that to him it's like it's 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 more again like it's because of how he sees that race plays a role into it it's less that it's owed to him specifically oh, for those reasons yeah, i guess yeah. no I- I wasn't I wasn't trying to make that comparison, but my my thing is he is more willing to use his fame and fortune to to kind of get to where a place is. And I think his sister is more prideful in that. You know what? We don't need you know, I want to do this on my own merits as opposed to because I just happen to be the Falcon sister. That's that's. I think that's where I was. I was trying to get at. No, no, no. I I understood you know? that, but like to yeah. to me, I don't know that that's it, though. I really don't think that that's it. But I mean, that's that's I guess a little beside the point because with her, I think what it is is with is with her character. There's a lot of pride there. They're both stubborn there in is. different ways. Yeah, yeah. That's the mm-hmm. issue. They're stubborn in different ways. I don't think it's about her being more moral than him and. Him being yeah, less moral, was, taking advantage of yeah, that. Maybe that's the wrong word that I yeah, use. Yeah, because he's not asking for it. much. You know what I mean? He's not, right. again, he's not asking for like reverence or anything like that. He's just like, I want to live. I just want enough money for my my family business to survive, right. which was trashed by the way that the world is basically not caring about these people returning. Um, yeah, using using that 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 word was probably the wrong thing wrong thing for me to say. It's, it's not. A, yeah, I'm not suggesting that Sam is not moral. It's a different I angle. More, I guess she's more prideful than he is. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's in, in a different better. way. I still think it's. I still think yeah. it's like not about more or less. I think it's about what motivates their pride. But you right. know, let me wrap this up because, like, you know, uh, I know somebody else wants to give their thoughts on the character as well, but. Yeah, she's been a really, really good character so far. I'm actually, like Eli said, just to really wrap up this point, I'm a little disappointed we haven't seen more from her because I think that she was one of the best aspects. Her interactions with Sam, outside of his interactions with the other characters, like Bucky and all of them, obviously, which are great. I think their interactions were really fantastic. Um, so I want to see more of that. I want to see more of the of this character. And I want to see more of how she's affected and what her eventual outcome is as a result of everything going on around her. Um, ju- just to your point, and you you, you said something that um, I think everybody is feeling. We're not seeing enough of these other characters. And I think that's kind of um, a, a consequence of the fact that we're only getting six episodes. Yeah. And so, you know, they're, they're introducing all these really, really interesting characters. And we kind of know for a fact we're not going to get more because we're down to the last two. And there's so much that needs to be wrapped up on the main plot line that these characters are probably going to get the short shrift on us. So, you know, I, I think that's one of the one of the consequences of, of having such a short show. Yeah. Um, I, if there isn't any more thoughts on, uh, Sam's sister, uh, I don't think I'm really forgetting any other tertiary characters, right? Because we went over Sharon and Power Broker by default, uh, Sam's sister, I don't think there's anyone else, no? I think that's pretty much going to cover it. Yeah. The only thing that I do so, know in regards to their runtime is we're going to get some really long 
final episodes. So hopefully yes. they take a lot more time with some of these characters in those final episodes and yeah. don't rush it because that would really, you really annoy me about the show if they did that. Yeah, you know what? The MCU really needs to start focusing more on these secondary and tertiary characters. Because as much as I love to see mm -hmm. um, like the primary characters, like the stars and like all of them, I think it would be, I think it's time for us to like get into like these heroes backgrounds and all these villains backgrounds too i mean who knows maybe there's uh there probably is more tertiary or secondary characters that relate to those villains and stuff like that i, I kind of think that that's why the shows exist because um you can't really put them in in the films and stuff mm -hmm. but with the shows you can kind of introduce these and and really because it's long form you can really you know bring out the characters and stuff but you know it needs to be longer than six episodes, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion, anyway. So so just to... Oh, I just actually, okay. actually... Do you guys know... There's no confirmation that this is the only season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? We have that for WandaVision. We don't have that for this. Right. There's a possibility no. of another season of this. Yes. Okay. So maybe so, maybe that's what we're going to get. We just back. don't know it yet. Yeah. Hey, let me ask let me ask you a question. I want to just throw this one quick theory on out here and, and see what you guys think about that. Mm -hmm. um, I have a, I have a thought of who the power broker might be, um, and I, I wanted to ask your opinion because if it is, then it it sets up a very interesting thing in the MCU. Um, I happen to think the power broker might be Thunderbolt Ross. Oh, what? what? No, that's very possible. And, and, I agree. And you know what? The thing about it is that. Once you do that, you open up the very real possibility that we're seeing a setup for the the superhero team of the Thunderbolts. The supervillain team. Wait, so wait, how? How? And, Isn't Thunder... And you have a chance of Zemo being the leader of the Thunderbolts, which he was at one point during the comic book run. Well, wait, so We have to get to the point where, where he becomes um, the villain... Basically, where he gets his superpowers in the in the comics, mm -hmm. I forget what's what's the heck is his his supervillain name outside of Thunderbolt Ross? I can't recall. Red Hulk. Red Hulk. Red Hulk. Duh. Red Hulk. Well, he has to get his Red Hulk powers, I think, and this is a way that we can get to that because we're gonna get She Hulk also. I think maybe they can start setting it up. Wait. And again, it makes sense what we're all saying. Like he could definitely be a leader of that group, which includes Zemo, doesn't it? So yes, yeah. he said it was Zemo. Yeah, you both said that exactly. So it makes it makes but sense. That's, How? Yeah. The other How? thing, the other thing I struggle with is that um, Thunderbolt Ross is mostly, as far as I know him from the Hulk, he's an anti-powers guy. Like the reason why he has such a vendetta against the Hulk is that he can't control him. So now you want to add into the into the ring are more people with powers and it even seemed when he had to kind of wrangle them in for the Sokovia Accords he's like I'll have to deal with these people again like come on like it, it seems to me while it's not very explicit he's more of an I have an aversion to heroes doing things we should let the government do things but that's that's kind of the reason why he became the red hulk is because he realized he couldn't fight the hulk um he can't control him if he's not strong enough right, basically he can't control him 
And so yeah. you're kind of seeing that in the MCU also, you know, with the Sokovia Accords, at least the attempt of control of these superheroes, which clearly is not taking, you know? And so maybe his thing is like, well, if I can't control them, then maybe I create my own group that I know I kind of almost like a suicide squad uh, in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas these are these are supers that I have full control of, you know? So it's just a thought. You would have to get into his background and why he... Because as of right now, we don't really have... He's the first. Yeah, he's one of the really first characters we have background on. Because remember, that's the first more MCU movie we got. The Hulk. Yeah, but it was like so long yeah, ago. Was, You'd need to rehash that. Yeah, and it was like so little, yeah. too. But he, you've seen him in, in various roles here. Because he went from the general, and now he's more of the politician, sort of. right? And, and he's furthering these, these concepts of, you know what? Heroes are inherently dangerous. Oh, you know. Oh my God! What? You might actually be right because She-Hulk is coming out. Yes, there's. A, oh, there's a, I so, Like I said, there there is some level of of kind of like this could happen because they're dropping little nuggets here and there. And you know what? I I truly don't believe that we're done with Thunderbolt Ross. You know why else? You know why else he's coming back? Cuz it's already been confirmed, I believe, that Abomination is coming back to She-Hulk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tim Roth yeah, from way yes. way way back. So how are you going to bring him back and you're not going to bring Thunderbolt Ross back in some capacity? Maybe it won't be in this show, but it still makes some sense to set him up as a power broker. We all know who he is. You could just show him at the yep. end, I'm the power broker, and then set him up a little bit further down the line yeah, exactly. in some other show. Yeah. Set up his backstory, you don't, you don't need, his why. You don't need to have everything done in this series. That's why you have all these other series coming out to kind of like give you that, that you know, the flushing out of his character. Again, to remind you who he is, to kind of put the wheels in motion for all of this stuff. So, and, you know, and. like Jose said, Drop him at the very end. I'm the power broker. Go to credits. We're done. He's going to be in Black Widow, too. He's confirmed to be in Black Widow. Thunderbolt Ross. So he has he is going to have a role. What about the serums, though? Like, what was he originally going to do with those serums? Because wouldn't that go against what he's. Well, technically, now that I think about it using the serums wouldn't be all that much of a problem because he sure as heck didn't have a problem letting Blonsky take the dang Again, thing. yes. Just, he doesn't have a problem like with super-powered people. He has a problem with super-powered people he cannot control. And, and just think of it this way. We, we've already seen this kind of instance in The Boys, right, where you have, you have a character that in order to further his um, agenda, hey, you know what? We have super terrorists over here. I nobody knows. I oh. gave him. I gave them the serum, the V, the V, right? Man. Yeah. But that's a good way of saying, look, this is why we need this type of deterrent because we have people like the Carly Morgenthau's of the world, who again, going back to the the thing where she's young, impetuous, reckless, immature. She's the perfect pawn for his agenda. Yeah, he'd rather control so, who has powers, which is why he's mad at Carly. He needs he needs to control who has those powers. It has to be people that he selects. In this theory, you guys at least. got me too. You guys, you guys got me too hyped up now. <laughs> I can't like get I rid said, of hooks. Just the thought, and you know what? We've all seen what fan theories have done, especially lately with with these shows. So, um, but hey, I'm I'm 
putting it out there. And so. this also actually could be a good way to have Sharon be his right hand because she could be working with him to try to get her get her pardon to get like Ooh. to really 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 like because she's like semi-enthusiastic about sam getting her a pardon but she's also like i don't need that stuff like it seems like she doesn't need the help in a sense even though she says she it does make, so it makes it would make sense why she's she's living that lavish uh lifestyle yeah. if she's being supported through government contracts and if she's the one who basically he sends out as the right hand to go get these people who are taking the serum who are who have the super soldier serum it's no coincidence that she showed up there it wasn't an accident so it could definitely be that that's that's a good theory i like that theory i think it could make some sense Mm -hmm. there you go so i think that will be tying us up for today okay yeah do we want to share ratings on the season so far or do we want to hold that off until... I think we should hold that off until we can see the full thing in its complete scope. In its entirety. That works. All right, all right. Yeah. I think I think we're all enjoying it, though, right? Yes, most definitely. I think we can, we can definitely say that. Yes, I would agree. All right. I would agree. All right, then. So that was our episode review, or our, our slightly past mid-season review. Of Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier. Missed it, by a, missed it by an episode. Yeah, there was another like kind of important movie that came out last week, so we had to yeah. jump on that a little bit. Uh <laughs> you know what you know what's gonna suck, Jose? What? Um the the finale of the Winter Soldier also falls on the same weekend that we have another small little film that's coming out also. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Mortal yeah. Kombat. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's, that's gonna be difficult, right? April twenty sixth or something like that, right? April 20. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, near the end of the month. Yeah. Which is looking very interesting thus far, but I guess we'll see. Hey, I don't have a problem with a lot of stuff to watch. I don't got any issues with that. Oh, absolutely not. Um, but yes. Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been entertaining so far. I think we all agree on that, as we just said. Um, we talked about the Loki trailer. We are looking forward to that as well. So you guys should definitely check it out. If you're checking out this review, you probably like Marvel, so you probably would want to see that as well. I would gather. Anyways, as usual, let's do our little sign-offs. Thanks, everyone, for joining us again. If there are any sound issues or artifacts, you know exactly what to do. Please let us know. Give us some feedback. You can find us on Instagram. You can check us out where all of your favorite podcast platforms are sold. You can reach out to us there. And, of course, as we noted before, the best best way, excuse me, to support your favorite podcast and indeed now if you want to be a good humanitarian the best thing you can do is review our podcast like rate share subscribe review the podcast as noted before uh our host for the podcast captivate partnered with pod chaser and just as a reminder for every review that you write for our podcast in april pod chaser is donating 25 cents to meals on wheels america's go furthered fund and if we reply to your reviews send us as many as you possibly can if we reply to your reviews, that donation matching will be doubled. All right. So so please, please interact. And if you like the podcast, this is the absolute best time for you to interact with us. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Thanks very much to all of our friends and fans out there. We'll be joining you again next week with another great episode. But as always, you guys know what to do at home right now. Please stay geeky, my friends. Hulk is coming.